0: Today on CityCast Denver. Two tragedies hit the greater Denver community last week while the CityCast Denver team was on our holiday break. We know you're hurting. We're hurting too. So, on this first episode of the new year, we're making space to share our stories and inviting you to do the same. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. One week ago today, on Monday, December 27th, a 47-year-old man drove through downtown Denver and Lakewood, making multiple stops to shoot and kill five people and injure at least three more, before he himself was shot and killed by police at the Belmar Shopping Center in Lakewood. It was one of almost 700 shootings that left four more people dead or injured in the United States in 2021, according to Gun Violence Archive. The deceased are Michael Swinyard, Alyssa Gunn-Maldonado, Danny Schofield, Sarah Steck, and Alicia Cardenas. Our regular host, Bree Davies, is here with me for more.
1: Hi, Paul. Well, I've been thinking about what happened a lot because, I mean, because of social media, we can kind of see how things impact people we love in real time. And we lost several folks in this shooting but uh, Alicia Cardenas was definitely someone who stuck out in terms of her impact on Denver and the larger world and I didn't know her personally I didn't know any of the victims personally but I definitely knew her from around we're around the same age we both grew up here in Denver in sort of the alternative scene for lack of a better word and um, I just knew her she was a force and a figure that was undeniable. You saw her everywhere, and then you saw her art everywhere, which was incredible. But um, when I think about her, I think about people that built up the city that we know today. Denver wasn't always cool to other people. <laughs> we were kind of a small town for a long time. And when you're a small town, people like Alicia's work just stand out even more. So she started piercing when she was 16 years old at Bound by Design, which is a shop on Colfax. And if you've lived here for any amount of time, it's kind of one of those like shops, you know, it's been around for a long time. And then she opened her own spot, Twisted Soul, in Capitol Hill in the late 90s. Hmm. Um, And again, growing up here, seeing her at raves and shows and stuff, she was just kind of like, famous she was kind of denver famous everybody knew her and for good reason and i think what's unfortunate is i learned so much more in these last couple days about the deep work that she did in the community beyond just being this amazing woman that ran this incredible ethical uh community rooted tattoo and piercing shop
0: like like what what are you talking about tell me about it
1: Sure. Well, she was she was known for being an educator in the industry. So, you know, anybody can get into tattooing and piercing, but she really worked very hard to educate folks on bloodborne pathogens. She taught piercing um, and tattoo safety, and she set standards for an industry across the the world. I mean, hmm. she did a lot to make sure that this was a safe and ethical industry.
0: So she was more than just the owner of a tattoo parlor. She was a leader in this, in this community.
1: 100%. I mean, just this, again, the stories that I've read across social media, um, Maori women working with her, learning about piercing and safety standards, folks here who had gone to see her specifically because of her ceremonial and spiritual connection to piercing and tattooing. Um, what's like known often as like a, blood ceremony. So she didn't just treat it as like, come in and get tattooed. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's the thing is it's a wide spectrum as an industry, but hers was, her work was really rooted in the human experience and the spiritual experience of modifying your body. And so, and also what was incredible was she was an incredibly prolific muralist. Uh, You can see her work in uh, five points on the building that used to be Cold Crush, there's a mural there from her. Hmm. Uh, there's a spot on like eighth, just off a couple blocks off of Federal that she just finished a mural of um, through the Chicano Murals of Colorado project. So she was really rooted in Chicano history as well as the indigenous history of the state. And I don't know, to me, that's just something that stood out about her as a as a person was she was carrying on tradition and uh, work that was rooted in Denver before Denver was Denver, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And listeners, we know that this has affected everybody in many, many different ways. Um, and we want to offer up CityCast Denver as a platform to share stories like what Bree shared. We know that a lot of people out there have alicia's tattoos on them right now um and she was not the only one of the victims from that community so so if you have a story about any any of the any of the victims of the shooting please do call and leave us a message at 720 we would love to share your stories and and remember these people together Three days after the shooting in downtown Denver, on Thursday, December 30th, grass fires fueled by high winds forced tens of thousands of Coloradans to evacuate their homes in the north Denver suburbs. The fires spread quickly, destroying 991 properties and damaging 127 more across 6,000 acres of Superior, Louisville, and unincorporated Boulder County. That makes the Marshall Fire as we now know it the most destructive fire in colorado history according to the boulder county sheriff's department there have been no confirmed deaths yet but two people remain missing as of the time of this recording peyton garcia writes the citycast denver daily newsletter and she's here to offer some personal perspective peyton welcome back to the show hi paul so peyton what what is your connection to the fire
2: So I live in Erie right now, but I just moved last summer. And the six years before that, my fiance and I lived in Louisville. So, And we still own that condo. We moved out, but we own the condo and we are renting it out to my little brother and his girlfriend.
0: Wow. So you must know so many people who were involved, who evacuated. Maybe we could start with your experience of the day of last Thursday.
2: Yeah. Willie and I were out here on a walk in Erie and we saw the fire and it was like 11 or we saw the smoke and it was like 11 a.m. And, you know, we did some research on it and we were like, Oh, it's just another bushfire. Like that's been happening. Boulder County had like three last month, but it's pretty easy to put them out. So we really weren't concerned about it. But then before we knew it, we were getting alerts and text messages that they were evacuating the city. Um, and we were just like, wow, like this seems, this seems crazy. Like, that seems drastic. Um, but then by the time we turned on the news, entire neighborhoods were engulfed in flames. And there was wow. just nothing you could do. It just happened so fast. And it was just yeah. really surreal. We just didn't know. There were, it was just so hard to get information. That was the biggest thing. My brother is actually, he's out of town. And he had two cats that were still at his apartment.
0: So, this is the condo that was that is in Lewisville? Yes,
2: yeah. By the time, you know, we knew Louisville was being evacuated, we tried to go in to get his cats, but they'd already blocked all the roads in. They were telling people to turn away. And there was just nothing we could do. They just said, we'll we'll see what we can do, fill out a form, and we'll try and get to your pets if we can." Um, So we had to go back home and we turned on the news and we watched nine news um, in Denver 7 live footage, probably for eight hours straight, um, just trying to look at the background, see where the reporters were standing, figure out how close it was to our house. But it was just, it was just crazy. The fire just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. and, And we were recognizing structures that were near our house that were just fully engulfed in flames.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a really scary day. I mean, I got a texts from, I got texts from a few friends who live, I mean, one in, went on Arvada. The fire wasn't even that close, but it was spreading so fast. It's, and these things are so unpredictable. They didn't know if they were going to have to evacuate too. And we were making contingency plans. And I think this thing just affected everybody, everybody who lives between Boulder and Denver, the whole swath of land. And that's a lot of people.
2: Yeah, it was, it was so unpredictable. I mean, they were saying on the news, it was spreading hundreds of yards in seconds.
0: So Peyton, for people who want to help, I know you've been working on a list of resources for our newsletter. What can you share with the listeners here?
2: Yeah. um, You know, my family was so fortunate that our, our condo, you know, didn't, it survived um, just barely um, and our, our animals survived But a lot of people were not so fortunate. So we've been doing a lot of um, looking into ways that we can contribute to the community. You know, more than 600 families lost their homes. Um, Entire neighborhoods are gone. All of Superior is just a pile of ash. Um, And there are a number of ways that you can help right now. Um Boulder County is saying they don't need any more material donations like food or bottled water. They will at some point. Um but right now they are they are maxed out on that. So that's not the best way to contribute right now, but Monetary donations are always helpful, Um, and the Community Foundation of Boulder County has a wildfire fund, um, and they're accepting monetary donations. You can also register as a volunteer um, at coloradoresponse.org, and we'll have all of this in the show notes, and I'll have all of these resources in my newsletter as well. Um, But you can register as a volunteer there and sign up to get um, email alerts and text alerts when volunteer opportunities arise. There is also um, Airbnb has this thing called the Open Homes Program, and you can offer housing to families that have been displaced. Not everybody has um, family or friends in the area. Uh, where they can crash and and who knows how long it's going to take. I mean, it's going to take forever to rebuild this community. Um, And there are hundreds of families that have been displaced. So you can open up your home to people that way. Um, And then another big one is keep an eye out for missing pets. You can follow the Boulder County Fire Lost and Found Pets Facebook page um, where people have been posting uh, information about their animals that were trapped and that hopefully we're able to get out of the homes and and find somewhere safe to hide. Um, And as some somebody who, you know, we had our cats in in our condo. It was that was what was so devastating for us is just watching the community burn down on live television and not knowing if our cats more alive. And we're so lucky that, that ours made it, but not everyone is was so fortunate and people are still missing their their animals. So um, follow that Facebook page, keep an eye out, maybe put out some food um, or beds in your garages if you're in the area, somewhere the animals can go and find safety. But yeah, we'll we'll have all of that in the newsletter and in the show notes so that we can help the communities of Superior and Louisville get back on their feet.
0: And again, we want this show and this newsletter to be a platform for your stories and your experiences and your perspectives. We want people to understand what this has been like. So please do call and leave us a message at 720-500-5418. Leave us your name, leave us your neighborhood, and just tell us how you feel. And we'll, we'll share it on the show. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. But before we go, I want to just say again that we really do mean it about wanting to hear your stories about the fire and the shootings. Maybe it's selfish, but last week, watching these tragedies unfold on my various screens, I felt very alone. And I think it'd be nice to hear the community come together. So again, that voicemail box is at 720-500-5418. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm